Fantastic. Thank you, Lauren. Well, we're going to think a bit more about that story now as we reflect on it. Um, But you may have noticed when you came in, some of you were given a thing called Talk Bingo. Have you got a sheet called Talk Bingo? If you haven't got one and would like one, there might be a few left. But during the talk, if you're a child or just really want to play Talk Bingo whilst I speak, uh, there are words on it which you will notice I will say as I talk. And when you notice the words, you can circle it, you can colour it in, and you can spot those words as I speak about that message which we heard. So I wonder, what are you most excited for this Christmas? What thing is exciting you the most? Because I expect the excitement this year is probably a little bit higher than it has been in the last few years. I might be wrong. But we're thinking about waiting in this Advent series we're going to do of talks over the next few weeks. And we're thinking about how finally the wait will be over on Christmas Day when Jesus is born. But also it feels like, as a society, the wait is over in some ways and we can finally have a more normal Christmas, celebrating together with more events and more things going on. And so there's a lot of things I'm excited to do this year, having had a few years where we haven't been able to do them. And so I think in this season of Advent, this waiting for Christmas, we can do lots of those things we mentioned right at the start of the service, the Advent calendars, lighting the Advent wreath, putting up our trees, those things you said, we do them to help us wait well, to help prepare our hearts uh, with a sense of excitement and expectancy for Christmas Day. As lots of you know, some of you don't, me and Jacob have been stuck in the house a little bit over the last few weeks with the lovely virus. Uh, third time for me, so it's just it's getting old now. Um, but with all that extra time we had at home, uh, Jacob's been begging to put up our Christmas decorations. Uh, Jacob, if you don't know, is my husband now, quite a new husband. Uh, he's been begging to put up the Christmas decorations since October. This was not something I thought we'd have to negotiate in our marriage. October, and I do really like Christmas, but I was like, December, December. So our compromise was the start of Advent. However, last week, when we both had COVID and were very bored, I did give in last weekend, and we put them up a week early. So we did decorate our flat for Christmas. And actually, I have to say, since going in there and seeing the lights and seeing everything up, it has made me feel more excited for Christmas. I walk back in, we've got those scented pine cones, you know, the ones which smell nice. I smell it and I think, oh, it's nearly Christmas. It does make me feel a little bit more excited. And also earlier in the week, uh, Law, who's visiting from Switzerland, Law and I, we went around a few garden centres locally. We, we went around multiple garden centres, actually. I think I'd like to call it the equivalent of a pub crawl, but a garden centre crawl, um, <laughs> because we were just feeling really festive. And I really recommend it if you're not quite feeling there yet with being ready to celebrate this season of Advent. Go to a few garden centres, and by the time you've been around them, I reckon you'll be feeling a bit more ready. But I do think there are two different types of preparation when it comes to Christmas. There is the good stuff, which we talked about earlier, uh, which 
is the things that perhaps prepare our hearts. They make us feel excited, perhaps spiritually. We've mentioned the Christmas story on our Advent calendars, lighting the candles. They help us feel ready for Christmas. And there's also some of that practical preparation we have to get done, which some of you might enjoy. But if you're someone like me, that bit is not such a fun part of getting ready for Christmas. And for some people, it might feel like a relief to get it over with. So I've got an activity. I wonder if any kids want to come and help me do it. I have got two baskets. Yeah, you can come forward. Just be aware you'll be on the screen. And that's fine. I've got two baskets. One has got a heart on it. And one doesn't, (laughs) because this is the stuff which we feel like is going to prepare our hearts for Christmas. We think it's going to be fun. I'm going to put that over here. And this one's the stuff which we find boring, kind of practical preparation for Christmas. Be careful of the Advent candles. (laughs) So I've got some tasks, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to give one to each person. And you get to decide whether you think this is a fun, heart-preparing activity for Christmas, or whether it's just a bit boring, got to get it done, don't really enjoy it. You might all have different answers to these questions. That's okay, because we all wait differently. But let's see what the kids think. So let's start with, Alice, you can start. So cooking, cooking Christmas dinner. Do you think that is a fun, prepares your heart? Or do you think that's a bit of a bit boring? It prepares Alice's heart for Christmas. There we go. So Alice is cooking Christmas dinner for Eliana and family. Right, what do you think, Sophia, about planning all of the food, doing the shop, facing the supermarket. Fun, not so fun bit. Not so fun, I would agree, but some people may disagree. Going to see Christmas lights. Clara, what do you reckon? Fun, that makes us Jesus of the light of the world and we get to see all these lights. Right, Caleb, getting the house clean for guests. Answer carefully. Yeah, not good. Otherwise, I was like, the parents are going to be excited. Okay, Grace, seeing a nativity. So seeing the Christmas story acted out. What do you think? Prepares your heart. I would agree. Nate, the Advent wreath. Lighting these Advent candles here. Is that a good thing? Prepares your heart or bad? Good. That's good. (laughs) Okay, Callum, learning lots of lines for a Christmas play. Do you like learning lines or not? You do. Well, there we go. You can, do you want to act (laughs) next time? This is really helpful to know. And um, (laughs) is it Artie? Is that right? Artie, um, singing Christmas songs. Is that a good thing or a not good thing? Good thing. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you, children, for your help. Brilliant. I wonder where some of you would have placed those tasks. Because practical preparation, some of the boring bit, is really important. But of course, Christmas is bigger just than this this party we have to do, which we have to celebrate. What things in the waiting in our hearts help us feel ready to celebrate Jesus' birth in particular? And in our story today, we heard how Mary had to wait. The angel told her she was going to have God's baby. Jesus. Isn't that, that must have been the most shocking news someone could have received. And at first in the passage, it says that Mary was troubled and she needed the reassurance of the angel. 
And I wonder whether she was troubled. This is what I was thinking about as I read it. I wonder if Mary was shocked at the news that she was going to have God's son, or at that point, if she'd been able to even process that piece of information, and she was just shocked that there was a strange angel in her room. I was thinking, imagine if I was just alone at home, and then an angel appeared, like in human sense. I would scream. I'd be very scared. And so I wonder if she even in that moment had time to process what he was telling her. And it's funny because once the angel has given Mary that message that she is going to have baby Jesus and Mary has been able to think, I want to serve God. God has chosen me and says yes. At the very end of the passage, it just says, then the angel left her and he disappeared. And you're left wondering what happens between then and the next bit of the story we hear, there's a bit with Elizabeth, but then the next thing we're hearing about their journey to Bethlehem. How do you think Mary felt in that gap of nine months when she had that big season of waiting? And I think there might be a few clues in the passage. So after she gets over that initial reaction, it's interesting that she does come in with more of a practical, like logistical question. And she says, how will this be? Mary said, since I am a virgin. She asked the question, how, how will this be? But it's interesting because the angel's response is more highlighting, not just kind of practically, well, this is what's going to happen across the nine months and then this is where you're going to travel to. Instead, he more hints at how in this time afterwards, she's going to be preparing her heart spiritually, saying the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That time will be a spiritual time of preparing her heart in the wait to welcome the Son of God into the world. And today we had the baptisms of Phoebe and Ben, and I'm sure in the lead up to this, uh, there has been a lot of practical preparation behind the scenes. If you're having little parties afterwards, there's going to be organisation for that and checking routes and uh, checking the date worked for everyone. But more importantly, there will have been heart preparation as well, praying and preparing to promise today to help Ben and Phoebe grow up in faith. And for the parents and godparents, getting ready to journey with them as you help raise them in faith as they get older. And then you've had that wait to celebrate today together, and then today has come. And baptisms are a really fun thing to wait for. Christmas can be too, but more often than not, I think perhaps seasons of waiting in our lives tend to be more difficult ones. Because perhaps often when we feel like we're waiting, we're waiting on something that we are worried about. So it might be a test result, or it might be news of how someone is. It might be you're waiting for exam results, an unanswered prayer, or it might be you're waiting for a job which you're hoping for. Often it's really easy to worry in those seasons of waiting because it's when we don't really know and we haven't quite reached that thing that is going to happen. And I think what we are waiting for changes the way we do those seasons of waiting. It can either be a build-up of excitement, or it can be a build-up of dread and worry and panic. And for us, it might be a balance of fun. We may be in a really exciting season, waiting for Christmas this Advent, or we may have other things we're waiting for in our lives, which make us feel like we can't quite celebrate in the same way. And for Mary, on being given the news about Jesus, it's tricky to know how she would have felt in the waiting. Because on the angel's announcement, there was a lot of things for her to think about 
And I think perhaps there would have been a lot of things perhaps in her mind that she would have to sacrifice in order to say yes. So she didn't know how Joseph, who she was supposed to be marrying, would have felt about this. Imagine going to him and being like, I'm pregnant with God's son. I'm not sure how he would have felt about that. And she would have thought, my gosh, I've got to tell him. I had this plan of how it's going to work out for us. And in the same way, how other people would have seen her, a young girl at the time, And would people have really believed what she was saying about what had happened? There have been a lot of things that she'd have had to think about. And I think sometimes for us to say yes to God on certain things, sometimes we have these things in our mind that make us worried about doing it. There's a really good quote by C.S. Lewis, which I read the other day. And he says, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. And I think sometimes that's it. If God promises something's going to happen, a bit like that promise that Mary was going to have God's son, we're not so much worried about that bit. We're worried about how painful that might be for us. And we might have to let go of some of our own idols. But I think that it's interesting because Mary's response shows that she really was a servant-hearted girl. She really wanted to put herself aside and she was able to say yes by removing those idols and being able to focus on God. Mary's response is that she is God's servant and so may this message be fulfilled. Ultimately, she had favour with God. And I wonder why this is. I think perhaps it's because God knew, he was able to say Mary has favor with God because he knew that in the season of waiting for Jesus' birth, she would experience uh, the emotions we would about exciting things, worrying things, fearful things, practical hurdles, but she would be able to experience all of them with him. And I think perhaps God knew that Mary was loyal enough to draw near to him and trust him in the waiting, no matter what came her way. And she would be able to do that because she trusted God enough with that outcome. And therefore, she'd be able to bear the waiting and more than that, grow in it. Because I think often in the Bible, waiting is something, uh, is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is actually sometimes more of a process of us becoming more of who God wants us to be. I think sometimes God makes us wait so that we have to pull closer to him in those times. And so I'm going to leave this little message today with this thought is that I think we can trust God with our future and the words he gives us if we draw near to him. Because he did send Jesus to be that eternal hope for us in heaven, uh, for eternity with him. And he conquered that biggest fear of death in our lives so we could build his kingdom in the present. Because he doesn't want us to waste the seasons of waiting we're in in our lives. Instead, he wants us to trust And draw near to him like Mary did. And I think this Advent season leading up to Christmas is a really good time to think about that. And use these things we do, these activities I mentioned as little reminders that this is a time of waiting. And how can we draw near to God and trust him in that? So my question for you to reflect on as we're about to sing another song. I'm going to let the band come up and get ready. Is what outcomes in our life do we need to trust God with enough so that we don't waste this season of waiting in our lives? What outcomes do we need to trust God with so we don't wait this waste this season of waiting in our lives? I'll let you think upon that now. And you can either join in with the words or sit and reflect on that whilst we have our next song. Thank you.